Welcome to the Toffee Blues, your source for all things Everton. And welcome to another podcast where we're going to get to do loads of content. We're going to start off with the extra time, looking back on the winner Arsenal. I'm going to be joined for that one by Owen Parks and Mike from the Unholy Trinity podcast as well. Then I'm going to be joined by Terry and Paul McAllister for the match preview, where we are looking ahead to the game against Aston Villa on Saturday night. And then we'll be finishing up with the quiz where Terry and Paul will be going up against each other in a match day squad quiz. So plenty to get through, we'll get straight into it and we'll start with the extra time. Welcome to the extra time segment for Arsenal nil, Everton 1. Everton's first win at the Everett since 1996. Um, it was won in a very interesting fashion, shall we say. We Ground out a nasty win, and it's always nice to grind out a nasty win. And we've got a man, we've got Mike from the Unholy Trinity podcast on the show. We've got Owen on the show as well, so I'm going straight into Owen. Uh, who else do we turn to after we've ground out a 1 0 win? Owen, how did you find that one? It was an important win. Um, I think it, it really does get us back into the top six, top seven picture, which until the recent blip we've kind of had with our main objective is up for the season getting into Europe. It's definitely still on now. Um I was I was thinking more of our time though. I think Sheffield United to come Wolves uh, two games against Aston Villa. There's there was that ample opportunity for us to win them games. So I was thinking of our time when we looked like we would it didn't look like a game we were going to win, in my opinion anyway. That protect the points, get out with the point and then you go and build that for them games to then target them as must wins and then that'll probably get you enough points but the fact that we still went on and won it is all the more pleasing because it give, it takes us from a position of if we'd have lost everything we'd have been out of it. A yeah, draw a, a draw sets us up nicely I think to keep Arsenal and that away from us but it doesn't really do too much for us to catch the others and a win. I think it really puts us in a strong position to qualify for Europe. And it was a big winner, another top six ground that. Well, no, so yeah, they're not top six, are they? But they're, they're a. It's just a super league opposition we've just beaten. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a very average team we've beaten, but historically we're, we're not very good against Arsenal. So, you know. That's all. Yeah, it's but it's it's a very good win for us. It's another win against a club that we probably expect to be seven. So another huge feather in the cap of Carlo Ancelotti. You can go to any of these grounds and pick up a win on any given day. And I think if we have a strong end of the season getting to Europe, I think it wouldn't be for me the the ability of the squad, but a testament to the manager that we've got there. Yeah, it's. I mean, we we grind out these results, and I think we've we've learned this season. I think 
this team isn't that good. We're just we're good at we're good at grinding these results out. We've got to, we've got to find a way. And in fairness, Everton Everton wouldn't get into the Champions League definitely not. But they certainly wouldn't or any kind of Europe or any kind of success. Everton will not do that by slicking four nils every week and playing six hundred pass football and looking pretty. They've Everton. When Teams with limited Paris. resources, but I mean, I'm not saying we've got limited resources, no, but well, we've, we've not Super team. League. We can we're competing with teams who have got enough financial clout they can cobble together a Super League. So it, it it's it's difficult. So Everton are going to compete with these teams by slicking it about or anything. It's about battling and digging in and seeing the the game out. And we do that really well. It's against the other teams who we have struggled against this season, particularly at Goodison, where we're going to have to have to bring that battle and quality back to get over the line and get enough points, which will then see us in some form of European football next season, especially with the, the League Cup final results. Being that gives us a boost. So overall, yeah. I, I, I couldn't be happy with the results because I think it sets us up nicely to where then the squad has the focus and you know what they need to do now. Yeah, Mike, with that in mind, um, what what would you sort of do moving moving forward? You know, the, ne- the next game is it West Ham? Next game or the Villa? Villa, Villa. With with that in mind, uh, do we we still need to probably improve our performance? Would you say it was a, a win, but it wasn't the best win? Let's be honest. It wasn't though. I mean, you know, we we, we say it though. We you, you take any kind of win, and the fact that we we played. Pretty well against Spurs, probably the best we played since the Merseyside derby, in, in my opinion. You know, two mistakes cost us the three points there. We played okay against Palace, created a lot of chances against Palace. I think over those two games, Palace and Spurs, it was 36 attempts on goal, which is which is not bad, you know. Um, so those two games, we, we, we played probably better football. We were certainly slicker against Tottenham than we were against Arsenal. Um, I think, obviously, it was the right time to play Arsenal without... The, the two main goal-scoring threats in, in Aubameyang and, and Lacazette. Um, obviously, the, all the, the issues surrounding the Super League, the protest outside the ground, won't have helped matters either. So a great time for us to go there and get a win. And like I was saying then, you know, at the hard time, you're probably thinking, put the draw on the card, you know, you can see it. Although I thought I thought the last sort of 15 minutes of the first half, we, we, were, we were a lot better. We played much better football. We were probably we were the better side, that's for sure. We ended the half the better side. But second half, yeah, very, very much grinding things out. And, you know, it was just a case of sitting in there. And we, we've touched on this, I think, on previous shows where we've mentioned about the the lack of trust maybe Carlo's got in, in a lot of his players. Um, so probably players can't play in in a, in a Carlo Ancelotti system or he doesn't trust them to play in a system effectively. So in, until he gets his own side and his own signings across the board, we're going to have a bit of this, aren't we? But... I think you know when it comes to the to the Villa game, Villa obviously have had a half decent season. I think they're, they're seven points behind ourselves. We've got to play them twice over the next three or four weeks, which is which is just incredible and, and diabolical planning on behalf of the Premier League. Um, but they're not a bad side. They're not the same side as they are with Jack Grealish. Um, I think Ross Barkley's massively struggled since Grealish got injured as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think that with the Villa game, we can afford to, to be a bit more expansive, probably a bit more like we played against Spurs, to be perfectly honest. I'd expect us to, to, try, and, to try and set up in a, in a similar way, but 
Um, you know, I'm quite quite satisfied now with the fact that we've got the majority of our players back from injury as well, besides the core, really, who obviously you'd want in there, you know, starting week in, week out. We're, we're, we're firing all cylinders on that front now uh, compared to a few weeks ago when we had about eight or nine first-teamers out. So I, I fully expect it to be a bit more of an open game than it was against Arsenal. Um, we we'll fully expect us to have too much as well, but who knows? You know, this season's so strange. Our home form is so poor. You, you can't you can't sort of look at one performance and and guarantee that you're going to go into the next game and, and get a win. It's just with us, especially. It's just so unpredictable at the moment. They've yeah. had a half season season, but let's not forget they've spent two hundred million since they come up themselves. Of course, so, yeah, of course. So they're, they're not exactly battling against the odds, are they? I think. They're, they're oh, doing yeah. around about what they should be with the money they've spent. They're a decent team, but they're not a team. I, I, I think Everton should be concerned to play in either because they're hit and miss themselves, especially, as you said, about Jack Grealish. I think I watched them against West Brom last night and they're all right. They're, that's the, they've got a decent team. But they're a top-half team, but I, I, I do think if we want to get into Europe, we have to beat Aston Villa. Definitely, definitely. So if, if, who knows? If we don't, if we don't, we we'll have that similar, you know, if not, we'll be ended up think, there or thereabouts in the same place in the table as them. So, you know, I don't think they'll come and make it awkward either. I think they'll come and have a go. So that, so that probably plays into our hands a bit more. Yeah, that suits us a lot more. So I think that was, a, lot of it's, a lot of it's down to, to mentality, isn't it? The players have got to be thinking now, you know, the, the targets. Champions League is a very, very you know difficult target to achieve. Like you said before, Owen, you know, we're not a Champions League side. We've got to be honest about that. If we qualify for the Champions League, you know, as much as we might bring in three or four quality signings, it's going to be a struggle regardless because of the quality in the Champions League year in year out. Um, the, the aim, the aim obviously is Europe. The aim should be probably fifth or sixth. That should be what what we're looking at. And the players have got to have got to get on board and and now start to think. Well, you know, we've got was it six games to go? Uh, that our our destination is our in our hands. The destiny's in our own hands. And we've we've got to play like a side who can qualify for European football. We, we we can't be be going into games and and be sort of you know just just tiptoeing around and, and and playing things safe. We've got to go and take take a few chances as well. And and certain players have got to take a little bit of a risk in terms of how we play. Um, because it is there for the taking, and we've we've got to we've got to want it. Because I know as fans we all want it, and I know I know Carlo. It's part of his of his plan for us to get European football, and it's massively important for us going forward that we that we get European football on a regular basis to attract better quality of players. So that the, the mentality of the players is key going to every single game now, and that starts that starts Saturday. You know, it's it's you know six six cup finals, so to speak. Uh, but we've we've got to approach each game thinking that we can we can go and, and get points from every single game. That's it. Like I have, I've said this on a number of occasions when throughout for throughout the second half of this season is every game we go into is a question: how much do these players want to play in Europe next season? What's their hunger like? What's their desire like? And I think that I mean the performance was poor against Arsenal, but we got the result. We ground it out. I don't think it was a poor performance. I think it was it was very good in terms of shutting Arsenal down because we weren't going to go there and play the same way as them and expect to win because they have played the same pretty much style of football 
for about 25 years now straight. I mean, different managers, but they play the same way no matter where, where they go. We, on the other hand, we've been in the midst of about 10 different styles over the last 25 years and not one of them have delivered any, the amount of trophies they've won. So we, we, we had to go there and see the game out. I think we got lucky with the goals. We, we, we probably didn't do enough to win the game, but neither did they, I think. So I think it happens sometimes. We definitely deserve to beat Tottenham and Crystal Palace. So we're still probably, I know, couple of points down to where we should be on the basis of them two performances. Yeah, definitely. I think with that in mind, we've got to create a bit more though against Villa. Yeah, home game, I think naturally, I think you're going to need to, I think. It's the first goal, like, if we score the first goal, I think more often than not, we go on to win it. I think if we don't score the first goal, then sometimes it becomes a bit more difficult, but I think I think we just need to set up the game to try and go and get in front and then see the game out again. I think that's how it's going to be. That's how it's been most of this season. That's how we've yeah, been, been more been most way. effective. I think that's been the way with 90% of the teams in the league this season. I don't think anyone in the Premier League in the current circumstances blows teams away every week except Man City. I think everyone else it's two ones, it's one nils, it's three twos. I don't, I can't think of many teams who have put a string to, of games together where they've won three and four nil or even two nil on a regular basis. It's hey, you carry on like this, it could be Burnley next. Say that again, sorry. Carry on like this, it could be Burnley next. Well, yeah, Dumb old in there. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, um, yeah, but. If you look at, but even if you look historically, that's a major sort of um, exception to the rule. They're, they're the kings of the 1 0. So even if I think 4 0 once every couple of years sort of balances <laughs> that out. Um, but, but I was going to say the only team we've probably done that put together a string of results together, apart from Man City, and where they've ended up winning 4 1. and Four five two was probably us at the start of the season, and yeah, we get criticised from our fans for not having any good performances all season. Apparently, we just um, rose our luck to to the position we're in, which is a load of nonsense. I think people can have their opinions or they like, but it's it's difficult when we've been trying to ride ten first team injuries for a lot of the season, and and be successful. So. I'll take any win we can get at the moment and if we can get our way to some form of European football then all the better. That'll be a good season if you know you know, but even that conference league would have any of it, literally just get us into Europe. I don't know the permutations about where it finishes, where it gets what, but at the end of the day we when if we try and win every game between now and the end of the season, we'll leave ourselves in a really good position, even if we don't, because we'll obsess out on a positive mentality to go and win the games. And yeah, I think we need. I think for the last couple of games, we need a return of keeping clean sheets. And if we keep a clean sheet in every game, we're guaranteed something from it. I think that's the base. The minimum. Uh, it is. It's, it's the fundamental. If we isn't do it? that, we don't get points. 
Owen's favourite clean sheet mentality. I mean, it, uh, I wasn't thinking of that. I was just thinking about keeping a clean sheet. So, but it's it's the clean sheet mentality to live us all season for us, though. It's when you know we, we've done generally quite well defensively, and it's, yeah. that's the we reason we are where we, we are because we've not been that we great attacking altars. We had a rocky spell before we played Burnley. And then before when we played, Delph went off injured because he'd run a bit and um, Godfrey went left back. Then from then on, from that month or so, we did really well. And then from the Derby, Southampton and West Brom, they were very much back to the wall performances as well. So I think we've just got to look around. I think our best way of getting results in these last couple of games is just trying to keep a clean sheet and trust that moment of quality will get us over the line and then in the summer we can look at recruitments and ways that we can become a little bit more creative and maybe take the game away from some teams earlier on but just let's get to the position where we've got the financial ability to do that by qualifying for Europe rather than try and impose some idealistic nonsense on the football team now that won't get us into Europe and then we're just left with a style that hasn't delivered when we can just get there by hook or by crook now Absolute scenes after this, after he says all this and Leeds finish a ball. <laughs> well, good. Leeds, Leeds can do what they, whatever they want. I don't, I don't, they've spent 100 million as well, by the way. So it's it, there's a strong correlation to these. The majority really. of the Premier League have spent 100 million. I don't know why we've, why we've been painted as this, like, like I mean, ultra spending team because most mid table teams have spent as much as we have at this stage. If we, if at this well, mid table teams, no, no, mid table teams, Brighton and 17th and Fulham and 18th are probably sixth and seventh on the next spend list in the last three or four years. And between them, one of them looks like they're going to get relegated this season. So it, it, it proves that doing it the right way and spending loads of money and putting in a young English idealistic coach doesn't exactly work all the time. Maybe. Yeah, but do you, wear, do you wear good GLEs though, don't you? Yeah, I mean, utter nonsense. One of them's going to get relegated this season. I couldn't be happier. And then we're going to poach the manager. No, we're not. To be honest, I've heard Finch Farms looking for a new chef. So I think Scott Park looks like an absolutely brilliant chef. To be fair, Scott Park was in a McDonald's update when he was a kid. So, you know, he's got a track record. Well, he hasn't got much better from him since, has he? Not really, no. But um, yeah, I think definitely the pragmatic approach is getting us the, the results this season. It's apart from like those opening games where we were really good to watch. It's not been like you say, it's not been the time or the place for it this season. The pragmatism has been the order of the day for the whole league, Barnes City, and even it, Chelsea. Every game's one nil or two one. They don't Chelsea's good as they've been under Thomas Tuchel. You've been mostly winning by fire margins. They've been winning off of, same as us. They've been winning off the back of a strong defence. Yeah, they did. Might play a slightly different style in terms of what they do with and without the ball, but they haven't been, you know, blowing teams away or making games ultra exciting. They've been doing it their own way. Man United, it's mostly been two ones when you can see that the first goal and it's been like a, a slog to go and win the game. Liverpool games I don't watch Liverpool much but the times I have seen they haven't been very entertaining 
you know, well, Tottenham, well, they speak for themselves in terms of what they've done this season. They had two shots in the cup final the other day, so they're not particularly entertaining. So all these teams who I'm told are brilliant football teams. Super League. The, the Super League quality. Even the Super League teams, Leeds, the last couple of weeks, 1-1, 2-1. The, most of the league play tight edgy football. Football's a low-scoring game, so getting on the right side of the margins is key. And that's all we've been doing all season, but I'm sure someone with incredible st- statistic knowledge will be telling me we're, we, we should be 18th really or some nonsense and maybe he'll, he'll buy out like that in the future, I don't know but ultimately we can only get to the summer and improve. the football only ever gets better at a team with the better players you're buying the midfield at the moment I don't personally think are capable of, of playing free-flowing football No chance, you have to be able to walk at least Yeah like, I mean, Andre Gomez will never take them cement blocks off his feet. No, he won't. I'm not going to go on about him anymore. Because Fabian Delph will never get them, them uh, pitching wedges off his feet. I don't know what he played the other day. It's too bad when he came on, to be fair, but it's a low bar. I mean, it's a low bar, but there's no pass, certainly, when it managed to sort of catch a few eyes. No. No, I, I think the thing with our midfield is I think there's a lot of technically decent to good footballers in there, but I, d- I don't think there's an, enough players in there who are capable of being effective in the Premier League, and I think that's ultimately what we need. What we need, need more crafters. Yeah, we, we do. Yeah. We need more decores. Yeah, literally, if the season's only been uncertain in terms of what it'd be for us since he got injured. Until that no, point, it, I was very confident that we get in the top six. I keep going back to where someone told me at the start of the season that he hadn't had a good game for, for Everton at that point. I mean, I don't know what they were watching, but yeah, apparently... he has for me, he's up there for player of the season, Decore. I think he'd probably get my vote, to be honest, when, when he was playing, because he was the epicentre of anything that went well for us. So, yeah, I think... Him up Ben Godfrey, maybe. Um, one of them two, certainly, for me, because I think they've been the most consistent performers, personally. Well, that was ours. That's enough of, that's enough of me rambling on for me. People have bingo cards for me, probably, at this point, because I say the same thing every week about we're really doing well to be where we are because of, of the limitations of the midfield and the, the squad as a whole, I think. We're doing really well, I think, to be where we are because I think without the sort of tactical tweak from the manager, we're we a different manager, put it this way. I think we'd be about 12 or 13 this season. Probably. But um, I think if, you, if they've got a bingo card for you, they must have a bingo card. You must everyone must have to take a shot whenever they say that bingo's every, every game's a question about how much the players want it because, like, I think I've said that since, like, January, every every like extra time without fail so you know there's going to be some inebriated viewers on the show with there not being much change all season when we've done I don't, I don't see how we can say, change too much of what we say because I don't I don't think the situation changes too much from week to week so it's, no, it's no. all about points 
at the end of the day. Yeah, I think in terms of the Arsenal game, I think we should be like, we should still like, you know, be pleased we got over the line. It's another unwanted record. So come to you on this one, Mike. Uh, just should the players take confidence in the fact that, like, you know, it's yet another unwanted record thrown out, thrown away now? I think, I think it, a lot of that it comes back to the to the manager, you know, in terms of the, the mentality that he's probably instilled. I mean, he, he's not going to these places, is he? With 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 loads of history uh, of being Everton's manager and losing for for so many years and and having that mentality, he's going in there. He's he's a winner. Obviously, he's been he's been Chelsea manager in this country. He's been obviously around Europe. I think the players would be it would be daft if they don't. I know I know it's a different kind of kind of game uh, football at the moment with with no fans. We know that that's definitely impacted results because. You know, results are, are massively skewed now in, in terms of the number of away wins that we're seeing over the course of this season, especially. Um, so, yeah, that certainly plays into it. But the players, you know, what, what what it does do is it tends to put to put games on a on a more of a level playing field, so to speak. So it's literally it's eleven v eleven, no outside interference, no no say crowd intimidation, whether it be towards the referee or uh, opposition players and things like that. So I think they should be taking a bit of confidence in terms of. How they've you know they've gone to these places, Spurs, open day of the season, Anfield, obviously, our, our biggest one from a fan point of view, and then the longest one with, um, with us going to to um, to Arsenal. So I think the players would be daft not to, and we've we've got to see it see it as a positive, and that that's where I think the frustration comes in, doesn't it? Because if you if you then if you would have picked up maybe two or three more wins at home from from games we've lost to the likes of West Ham, Newcastle sides like that. Then imagine where we'd be now, and that's where the frustration of thing comes in. Um, but yeah, the, the confidence for the players has got to be there, you know, it's got to be there, and they've got to be thinking now we have beaten Arsenal away, we've beaten Spurs, we've beaten Liverpool, you know, we've took a point off United at Old Trafford, um, you know, we, we've, we've beaten Chelsea at home, Arsenal at home. We're, we're taking points off all the, you know, the, the, the so called, well, the, the better sides on paper. So the the players the players should be the confidence should be should be sky high, but whether or not because the home form's been so poor this season against especially against the the lesser side so to speak whether that plays into the to the minds as well and sits at the back of the mind I don't well, know. We're going to a game against like Sheffield United at home in a few weeks. Exactly, and and you know even even Villa to a certain extent on on Saturday you know even even that kind of side they were sitting in their armoured table I think they're eleventh aren't they at the moment and. Sides that we that we should be beaten. That if 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 that's a full Goodison Park, then we win the game. In my opinion, that's where that's where the maybe the doubts the doubts come in at the moment. But we've got to turn the corner at some point. We've had a slight upturn with a couple of draws that we should have really won, and we played okay in both those games. So so yeah, they, they've got they've got to be confident. If 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 they're not, then they're in the wrong game, aren't they? Let's be honest. Yeah, certainly. So with that in mind, what what do we do? Is it more of the same? Or more of the same with an improved performance, maybe. Yes, like I say, I think I think we'll see we'll see a bit more open football. I think Owen said the same. Villa won't won't come and just just try and sit. So there'll be there'll be a bit of a bit of space uh, to exploit as well. So it's going to be a bit more like the Tottenham game for me, like I said before. I fully expect I see this to be... being quite end to end the next one. It's yeah, it's going to be a lot more entertaining. Yeah, a lot more entertaining than the Arsenal and the Brighton game. That's for sure. Well, it couldn't get much worse than the Brighton game, Mike. <laughs> well, they can. It takes 
to take two to tango and they weren't very entertaining as well but they play entertaining football apparently so can't say that's, the, that's, the, that's the right way nil nil draws is the right way to play one nils away at Sheffield United getting beats the right way so oh yeah cracking that's put them right back in the mire but uh, with that in mind anyway we'll, we'll leave it at that uh, Arsenal nil Everton one. to the match preview segment for Everton versus Aston Villa. We're playing Villa on a Saturday night at 8 o'clock. And we go into it off the back of a bit of a fluky win, shall we say. But, you know, it gets the optimism going a little bit. We're looking forward to this a lot more than we would have been doing a week ago. So I'm joined by Teddy McAllister and Paul McAllister. We're going to get right into it. I'll start with you on this one, Paul. How are you feeling going into this it's got to be a little bit of a morale boost, even if we didn't necessarily play brilliantly. It's got to be feeling a bit better now. No, spot on what you've just said. Um, the fact that we're coming off the back of a victory makes me a lot more confident that we're actually going to turn up and play the way that we know we're capable of, rather than just putting in one of these sort of bland performances. That we've performances. Got. Yeah, that's a good word that we've got used to when we play at Goodison the last few months. We just we tear up and we seem to always make the opposition look better than what they are. Uh, but I think a lot of that's had to do with the fact that um, obviously we've had injuries and going into a lot of those games, it was it had they sort of had this must win type feel about them, like especially like Burnley and um, we play last Crystal Palace at home. Going into those matches, the supporters on social media beforehand were like. We've got to win this game if we're going to keep pace. If we don't win, then the season's out the window. And I was probably one of those people. Um, but the fact that we've got a victory, the fact that we've we've won against Arsenal and we broke kind of one of those awful records, um, I think everyone's a bit more buoyed, and the injuries are starting to ease. So and Villa are. But the below us, they're not one say that it's a direct rival because I don't think they'll catch us at this point, especially if we if we go ahead and beat them at least once out of these two games we've got to play them. But I think they're a side that we just we're overall we're much stronger than we really are. And I think supporters are not as nervous going into this now. We don't think that we're gonna go into this game worried that things are gonna get on top of us and that we're just gonna make Villas danger men look like whale beaters. It's more just a case of, look, if we turn up and do what we know we're capable of, then we'll get the three points here. Just turn up and all be yourselves and all give six or sevens out of ten, and it should be enough. And I think that's why everyone's looking forward to this game rather than apprehensive and nervous about it. Yeah, we just can't always guarantee the six or sevens out of ten. Sometimes that's the only downside. But it's worth remembering that one of Villa's danger men to say it and Ross Barkley, we all love him on this show, don't we? Barkley, is is he fit to play? Is he? Yeah, he's been injured a lot. He is, yeah, he, but... yeah, he's fit again. Yeah, so he, he yeah will probably play. Well, he, if he wasn't motivated enough already to try and get one over on us, then he's he should be motivated now, especially after Dean Swift's come out and said that he's not looking at signing him on a permanent. So Barkley is playing for his future, isn't he? He's going to have to convince somebody to buy him, isn't he? Some he's going to have to convince somebody to come in and take him and give make him. 
a, a starting man in their team because it's obviously it's not worked at Villa. He's not going to go back and even get on the bench for Chelsea, you'd think, under Tuchel. I, <laughs> I can't think of any manager who would put up with Barkley less than Tuchel, being the taskmaster he is. So Barkley's going to have to put in a world beating of a performance here and in the remaining games of the season to pique someone's interest because his career is just completely at the skids, hasn't it? Yeah, it's it's insane when you think about like the the fact that he has a lot of potential at one stage, but it just doesn't seem to have gone like right for him. And like, I think he, he made a mistake leaving Everton. There's no doubt about that. I think he made a mistake in the manner that he left Everton. More so, I mean, Everton were a state at the time. We, you know, things had gone terrible under Martinez. They completely unravelled. We were a mess. We didn't know what we wanted to be under Koeman. There was no guarantees of anything, was there? And I don't blame Barkley for thinking in his head, look, if I stay here all my life, then I'm just going to be one of those players who never really, never wins anything, never never really achieves anything of note. I'm just going to be a one, if I'm a one-club man, what's the point of being a one-club man if you're at that one club and that club doesn't go anywhere, really? You're not really going to get the respect of the football community, the wider football community. So, I, took, I didn't blame him for wanting to go when he did, but it was more the manner of how he conducted himself or the people he listened to, like his agent, uh, telling him to um, swerve off going in the summer and basically robbing Everton of £20 million. So, uh, Barkley, I don't hate the fella. I just, I, I, it's more just like I looked at my nose at him now. It's like, you did what you did and it blew up in your face and the whole world's laughing at you now and you deserve to be laughed at. So, you have to, like, mate, you have to lie in the bed that you've made. So, so he's definitely scoring this weekend, then, isn't he? Most probably, yeah. In front of the Gladys Street end as well. I know there'll be no one there, but it'll still be a real kick in the bollocks if he scores in front of the Gladys. And you know he's going to be stupid enough to do some mad celebration. But this season with Villa, it's just been a perfect microsm, if that's the word, of Barkley's entire career. Started off really well, had everyone talking, and then it slowly uh, dropped off. Then he got injured. Then he we came back from his injury and then, again, his levels didn't really pick up again. They just carried on going downwards and it's reached the point now where everyone, his own manager included, has, has just completely lost patience with him and has come out and said it publicly. Said, he's said, hasn't he, that Villa are not going to sign him and I can't imagine that's any gamesmanship because you'd think if Villa were interested in him, he would just get avoid the, the deals done early. Get the deal done early or at least say when he's asked... Um, are you interested in signing Barkley? You just say, oh, well, we're not thinking about that right now. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We're not thinking about that right now. We don't want to disrespect um, Ross's parent club. We're just focusing on the games for the rest of the season. No, Dean Smith just came out outright and said it, didn't he? He said, no, we're not looking to sign him. So God knows what, how that's going to go down in the Barkley household, but he's got no one to blame but himself, Ross, because it's always been the same problem with him. He's always He's got the talent. He just hasn't got the brain. Mm. Uh, Terry, looking ahead to the Villa game, though, with like, Obviously, Jack Beelish is missing, isn't he? So, uh, that that seems to have been a bit. That seems to be a big indicator of how much we should fear Villa is whether or not he plays. If he if he is still out for this game, that's a major boost for us, I think. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean, because he's easily their best player, and he's one of the best players in the league. But they've still got loads of you know good players who you should be worried about. You know, like. Ollie Watkins, you know, John McGinn's quality, you know, Traore and is El Ghazi, that you say, they're both yeah, you good know, players. 
they were they're good players. I like you know Matty Cash as well. I think they've got loads of good players um, sprinkled throughout the team. They just it's you know what they're they remind me of without um, without Grealish. They're a bit like us without Hammers. Like they, they they're an okay side, but they're just not half as good because they haven't got the creative force. So I I think Villa are a really good team, and I think if Grealish hadn't got injured, they'd be in this mix for the European places still. But it just came at a terrible time for them, and they still haven't got them back. So I'm not taking Villa lightly personally. I think they're a really good team. Yeah, I certainly think we'll have a tough game at the weekend. We're going to have to fight for this one, and mm-hmm. again that that again that puts the onus back on our team. What? Do we what do we need to do in terms of you know we, we spoke about the Arsenal game we got the result do we need to perform better or would it be a case of more of the same we need to do what we did in the last two home games but score the chances and don't let make mistakes at the back we dominated against Palace and we dominated against Spurs but against Palace we missed about ten chances. And against Spurs, we practically backheeled two on goals into our nets by giving them 20 Kane under no pressure. So if you can turn out another home performance like that, like those two games, those two games should have been two home wins, but you know, we conspired against ourselves. If we can do that again, we've got it in us to to win this game, but don't be making silly mistakes and take your chances when they come. I know it sounds dead simple, but if you take the the, the flashpoints out of those last two home games, they were miles better than we played against Burnley and against Fulham and, and what have you. There's been a massive uptick in performance at home, but we just didn't get the the wins. We got draws in the last two games due to like our own mistakes, basically, individual errors costing us. If we can cut that out, we'll, we'll win these games. Yeah, we've got to... I think, like I say, we've got to be confident. I mean, as, as good as Villa are... There's no one of the deadliness of Harry Kane in their team. Not on that level, at least. No, well, no one, no one in the league practically has got someone as deadly as Harry Kane. Like, you know, but the mistakes that the two centre backs made in that game, I think I could have netted in those scenarios. Never mind Harry Kane. I could have scored if the, you know, if Keane and Allgate were going to do that. But um, yeah, it. They're a really good team, Villa. I'm, I'm not sleeping on them. I think they, these are going to give us a proper game. Oh, definitely. No, they've got some great players. Uh, there's many a player that are taken our team, put it that way. Yeah, would, definitely. Would, would you? Would you? I mean, I, I see Grealish, who, who I really like. I think Watkins would be a good player to as a backup for um, Calvert-Lewin. I'm, I'm not saying for a minute that we could ever get these players, but man for man, I think... Everton at there with our full strength eleven. I don't think there's many players from Villa's full strength eleven that would walk into that, our. That, that, maybe Don McGinn in a half piece. I think um, Matty Cash probably would Cash, as well. Yeah, definitely. I think the goalkeeper does. Martinez. Mm, maybe. I, I think I, th- I think he's very overrated personally. I mean, I don't think he's a poor goalkeeper, but I think that. Spell he had at Arsenal last season, and the fact that Bernd Leno hasn't been very good this year for them now that he's um, come back for Arsenal and basically got rid of Martinez because they weren't willing to drop Leno for him. I think it's made everyone think that he's a bit better than what he is. I mean, I don't believe he's a top six level goalkeeper, Martinez, personally. And I know Pickford probably isn't either, in most people's opinion. But I, if you'd offered me a chance between Pickford and Martinez, 
I wouldn't say I'd definitely pick Martinez, you know. I think I know I've slagged Pickford off loads in the past and he's very up and down as a keeper, but I'm just not sold on this idea that Martinez think, is this really great good keeper who Villa did brilliantly to get. And he, he if he keeps playing well, that's some other bigger clubs gonna come and take him off him. Take them off him. I mean, I think Paul's just got some sort of PCSD off anyone called Martinez at this stage. Now, um is he is he the Argentine number one now? Not a clue. <laughs> I know he's Argentinian since he? the last World Cup. Um, I know. I think he's. I think he's been capped. So I'm not, again, I wasn't trying to put the fella down. I think he's a good goalkeeper, but good's about it. I don't think he's a great keeper. And if put it this way, if he was, I don't think Carlo Angelotti or let's say if Martinez was available in the summer for whatever reason, if he was at Arsenal or if Villa suddenly just needed to sell some players to get money. I wouldn't be going in for Martinez. I think we should be looking around for better. I just I don't agree that he's just an absolute upgrade on what we've already got. But that's just my opinion. Maybe I'm in the minority. Uh, I think he's all right. He's not like I don't think he's like this world beater, but he is a good keeper. But in terms of the players that I bring in from Miller, the codes to upgrade this team, I'd have John McGinn, Cash, Bertrand Traore. Grealish, maybe even Watkins, like you say. I think there's many a good player in that team. There's five. You've got to keep an eye on. There's five, and you only get eleven in your team. So <laughs> no, no, I, I didn't mean in the sense that they haven't got anyone in their team who I wouldn't have. But I just don't. I, there's not five players in their team who I drop from our best eleven to accommodate them. I mean, I don't think Watkins gets in over Calvert Lewin. Personally, no, I, mean, I would have Watkins if we could get him. Cash gets in at right. Cash gets in at right back. McGinn gets in in the midfield. Traore probably gets in on the right. Do you think? I, I wouldn't put Traore on the right, personally. Well, Grealish as well. So I'm it, over it, the Obi. In any case, they're a good team. It's a, Whether you agree or disagree on one or two, there's a few players who can definitely get in over us. They're a very good team. I just think, I think they're very similar to us in a lot of ways. They've just, much like we did, suffered creatively without Grealish. And we, like we did without Hamas uh, Rodriguez. I mean, I haven't watched tons of them this season, especially not post Christmas. Um, what that Wesley they've got, that striker who I think scored his first ever goal for them against us last season at Villa Park, and I, I think he got a bad injury, did he? Is he? Is he? Yeah, bad? Is he, he not bad? broke his ankle or something. Yeah, I remember to Gomez. I remember hearing that he had like a really bad one, but it was a good few months ago now. And as I've just said, I haven't really kept up with them, so I didn't know what he was up to in terms of his come back like is he back around the squad is he still out for the season or what because he's one of those players big strong units he just like he did on his when he scored his first goal against us he's just one of those players where you know he'd have 20 games of looking absolutely terrible then he'd play against us and he'd bag, bag one or two and he'd look like the 30 million pound player that he bought yeah we've seen many a occasion where a player's done that I mean, I'm I'm astonished that before he left West Ham that the Halle didn't score against us. He's gone to Ajax him now, hasn't he? Yeah, he has, yeah. But he was one of them, I thought. I know he ended up getting beat anyway in that New Year's game, but before he left to go to Ajax, I was I was he, I was put me out on him buying a bag of I remember when I know we're going a bit off topic, but I remember when West Ham bought him and just heads were absolutely falling off on social media and on the Everton forums because they signed him for 45 million and Everton were like, well, if West Ham can spend 45 million on this striker, then 
surely Everton could have as well. Why are we getting beat to this kind of hot prospect? Because he'd had a really good season with Frank Fert, hadn't he? I think he scored. Yeah, it was like 20-odd goals in the season. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was... I think, I think it was 20 overall, because he played in the Europa League as well, but he, he was well into double figures for league goals and for European goals. And he was getting linked with a lot of big clubs, and people would have been surprised that he rocked up at West Ham, but he has a, like a buyout clause in his deal in the event that he was a, turned out to be a world beater, that he could just fob West Ham off and go to a Champions League club, but... Technically, that did happen because he's gone to Ajax and Ajax playing the Champions League, so his agent's done well there. But it's a massive step down in levels in that Haller. He wasn't the player that a lot of people would convince themselves they were. But back to Aston Villa, um, I think if, as long as we win this game, then I think that's a massive step towards Europe. But I'll, I'd, I'd say to you now, we've got to play Villa twice, haven't we? For this game at Goodison and then the reschedule one at Villa. If I offered you three points now, we win one game, we lose one game. Would you take that? Now, if it was offered to you, three points. We play Villa twice, and I can guarantee you we'll beat them at least once, but we'll lose the other game. Would you think we'd accept that, or would you not accept it? Yeah, I would. I think if you win all three home games, then you're practically in Europe. Well, I do. Nine nine points will get us Europe, I think. If we can beat Sheffield, we can beat well, Wolves, and we can beat Villa, then I think that'll get us over the line. I think 12. I agree with Carlo. He said I five. Beat, I think beat West Ham, and that might be the game changer. Yeah. That, that's a way though our games are Villa twice Wolves are home um, this is not in order by the way but Villa twice Wolves are home Sheffield are home um, City away and West Ham away so that's six games I think nine points out of six games will get us in some form of Europe whether it's the Europa League or the Conference League I, I think at this, at this point I'd even accept the Conference League but we're on 52 points if we can get to 60 plus and I think that will get us Europe and if you'd offered us now you can beat Villa at home, but you're going to lose the return game in a few weeks. I personally, I'll snap your hand off of that. Yeah, I think if, that, if we got those results plus a win over West Ham, would be that's the big one for me because you beat West Ham, but automatically above West Ham in the table, that's one place higher. Now that's a big six pointer. If we beat West Ham, then we could probably rock up in fifth, fifth or sixth, couldn't we? I mean, top fours gone now. I know technically it's not. Mathematically, we could get there, but I don't think anyone is seriously um, thinking that's going to happen now. Well, seventh is right there for the taking because Spurs are just basically waiting for the season to end. They've got some novice who's even younger than Terry as their standing manager. <laughs> He's like 28, 29, isn't he? Ryan Mason. So, And obviously their best players wants, wants to leave uh, and a lot of other players they've got there just look past it or not bothered. So, Tottenham are not going to do anything between now and the end of the season. And if we end up finishing below them, I'll be so, so, so annoyed. So embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, embarrassing. So seventh is there for the taking. Sixth and fifth are are doable, I think, especially if we, yeah, if we beat West Ham. But if you'd offered me seventh place now, nine points, and get us to 61 points. And seventh, I think I'd have that. But should, should we be aiming a bit higher, maybe? or I think we should be aiming to get results in every game I feel like well City aside I feel like we should be getting you know the games we don't win we should be drawing put it that way What about you Teddy would you, would you take 7th place now or do you think 5th and 6th is still very doable um, I'd take them Better go for 4th I know you're not likely to get it but we've got 
we've got six games left, which is one more than everyone else. It's right there. And we're not other than Man City, we're not playing anyone who blows me away. We can beat West Ham, we can beat Villa, we can beat Wolves. Like just I know I'm not I'm not saying it's likely to happen, but no, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not gonna say I'll take seventh off you now because we're not cut, cut adrift. It's gonna to go to the last day. I might if you'd asked me this before the city game and we're in eighth. And you say would you take seventh, you know, with a draw, I'd probably take it, but not not right now. There's well too much to play for. And while the performances haven't been great of late, at any point you can put a little run together, you can you can turn it on. And I'm not gonna sit here and say if you like a couple of points off fourth, I'll take seventh, no chance. Well, what are Chelsea on in? Because they're still fourth, aren't they? How many points are they on at the moment? Fifty eight, I think, and we're on fifty two. Have we got a game in hand? Yes, I think so. Oh, no, I think Chelsea, no, Chelsea might have a game in hand because they're upside, didn't they? Well, yeah, they've got um, the second leg of the semi-final next week as well, haven't they? And if they get to the Champions League final, then all eyes are going to be on that, aren't they? Yeah, we're definitely going to finish fourth and then they'll win the Champions League. Yeah, you can see it, can't you? <laughs> because if, if that, that scenario hasn't happened in this league, at least since we finished fourth and then Liverpool won the the cup but if that were to happen it has again, happened, it has happened just... since to be fair Chelsea Chelsea finished sixth and won it and Spurs got knocked oh, out of it yeah oh yeah I remember that now that was uh, 2012ish wasn't it yeah 2012 yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea won it and um, Tottenham down yet yeah, so yeah. so basically if Chelsea win the European Cup then fourth place will have to go in the Europa League and as you said could there be anything more Everton than that in it. Yeah. I've got to admit, though, I would find it quite funny if that happened to West Ham. It was West Ham who finished fourth and they ended up having to drop out because Chelsea won the Champions League. Oh, don't, don't be a story. You don't want that to happen to West Ham. I'd love no, that I'd, to happen. I'd, I'd rather West Ham than freaking Chelsea any day. I'd love that happen to Liverpool. Like, <laughs> yeah, like no, Liverpool I, I say fourth. that because I think if, imagine what Champions League football would do to West Ham with that stadium they've got. You know what I mean, it was on it was probably go a long way to undoing all the damage that they've done to themselves since they moved in there. I think a club like them, we, whether we like it or not, they're now a direct rival this season. Uh, we can't be having them getting the championship. No, no, no. no we'll I'm, with, I'm long, with you on that. We'll see how long that lasts, though. They've got a good manager there, but the rest of their operation is still Mickey Mouse. Remember, he's just making good use of it. He's making a good go of it. Like they, if they're in like in Europe two or three years, then then I'll take that. But even if they're in the Champions League, they to be fair, not... David Moyes had us in Europe on a regular basis, and at that time, our operations was Mickey Mouse. So not in the same way though. Bill Kenwright allowed David Moyes to practically run the club, which the West Ham owners will not do. They like to stick their oar in too much. It's like they're not, and plus. That's not the Champions League. You're telling me now that the owners of West Ham, if they got in the Champions League, wouldn't be taking phone calls off, off random agents to take, you know, star name players and who uh, Moyes doesn't even want. He, like Sam Allardyce even said that um, the owners of West Ham used to give them like presents in pre-season, like to go sign this player for you. Like unless they were to change ownership, they're not set up to be a Champions League club at the minute. They've got a really good manager, as we well know. But I don't. I would like to see them in Champions League two or three years before I started to really worry about them because they are the masters of their own downfall usually. And that's coming from I an fan. I hope you're right. Hope you're right, Terry. I really do. But I, I 
part of me thinks that those owners might have learned their lesson, you know, because they did go back to Moyes, didn't they, after building them off of Pellegrini? Part of me thinks maybe they've got wise just in time. And obviously, they've had a big slice of luck, but. Wouldn't begrudge West Ham a thing. Their fans are uh, long suffering fans. They're not the entitled fans of these of these sly sex clubs, but That's I don't have. I'm not convinced. If it was anyone apart from us, I'd rather it be West Ham. But um, I don't think it will be a long-term stretch of of you know being up there. You know what I mean? I think we're coming at it from a better position. Even if they beat us in this instance, they have got a lot of to come back from. They've got a squad that's even more unbalanced than ours. They've got loads of crap who, who are on big contracts who they're struggling to get rid of and everything. Moyes is making the best of it, don't get me wrong, the same way Ancelotti's making the best of it here. But I would like to see if... I'd be very surprised if they could maintain that success, even if they did finish in the Champions League. Uh, I, I think it'll be interesting because I think if we beat West Ham in a couple of weeks... I think we'll finish above them. If we don't beat them, we won't. That's as I see it, as simple as that. Uh, yeah, it will come that. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, West Ham are what three points above us? Four, three points. So I could, I could see West Ham losing between now and the end of the season in a game other than us. So if we beat them, then to me that's at least two games they'll lose in this running. And I think if they're going to get top four, they can't lose another game. Really, uh, if you had to put your money on it right now, lads, what do you say the top seven is in order? I think Liverpool are going to win I mean, the league. Well, no, we, we know what the top. I think we know what the top three is. It's going to be United. Um, it's City, City, and United are the top two, and then Leicester. I think they're definitely going to finish in the top four. I think that game against Palace the other night sealed that. It's just whether they finish third or fourth now, but. Do you think we can finish above Liverpool? I mean, because I think we definitely can, looking at them, because it's, they just can't help but, as Terry said, West Ham, the Masters are their own downfall. I know they've cried about injuries, but there's been a lot of games this season, much like us, where they should have just put it to bed and have just conspired to throw it away. And I just, I can't, there's, a, there's some games between now and the end of the season that I think they're definitely not going to get three points in. United's one of them. And have they got to play, um, they still got to play West Ham as well, I think. Not a clue. They've got to play someone in the top in the in the top um, seven, I think, other than United. I'm sure they have. Uh, I'll have to look into that, but yeah, there's there's a lot to play for. Like, the, the I mean, I think it was crucial that we got that win last week to sort of keep us in the oh, yeah. yeah, if we we didn't win that game against Arsenal, then the season's over, as far as I'm concerned. And that three points has kept us. Um, very much in the hunt as you said and a few other results going our way like Liverpool dropping points and uh, West Ham dropping points to Chelsea that's basically left the door wide open even though we've tried our best to not walk through it the last few months because the door's been wide open for a while and we've just like them thrown points away against Palace against Burnley against um, Tottenham any other season we'd have been lucky to be still in the top half the way we've gone about we've the way we've gone about things the last three four months the amount of points we've dropped. Yeah, it's been, been quite a poor quality season though in terms of you know obviously it's how been many a... games I'm sorry how many games this season Goodison, have we actually won? I know Martinez and his Martinez in his final season set the record didn't he for the least amount of home wins was that five as well? No I think we're we're on much worse than that this season. So 
this unless we win our remaining home games, this is going to be our worst uh, season in the Premier League for home results. Yeah, I think it could be. Oh, the best. And, it's the best for away though. No, it was. We got we got six home wins under Martinez. We've no, got we got five currently. We've got five at the moment. Yeah, we've got ten oh, away. Oh. Yeah, that's true, but I don't want Angelotti to have to have that record, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, I know what you mean, but it's plus, it, no one, trust me, there will never be a record from this pandemic season that will be held up and pointed at, because it, it doesn't matter what it is, it'll all be like, yeah, well, that was the pandemic year. Like, you'll, it'll, not nothing from this year. You can't past. tell me that the Copites aren't going to throw that arrows every time we mention winning at Anfield. Of course they will, but that's what I mean. Like they, everything will be the pandemic year. Like they don't count because it's the pandemic year. So I don't don't care about all that. Like it, it result, it'll be in the history books a little anomaly season where there were no fans because that, that's that's so anything anything that's positive you'll count, but anything that's negative you won't count. I love that. It, it is just frustrating though when you think you know what if we'd have just had a mediocre season at home, not even a good one, just a mediocre one. We'd probably be in the top four now, or at least the top five. The fact that our home form has been that poor, it's left us still basically fight um, looking upwards at the teams who eleven you... top best eleven versus best eleven. You'd fancy us to beat. I'd want us to beat West Ham with best eleven versus best eleven and Leicester. A lot of teams would say that though. We're not the only ones who can think that. A lot of teams have dropped half points and had injuries, so it feels like we've had loads, but other teams have as well. So you, a lot. Look at the red shirts. Like they, they won the league last year. Now they're fighting to get into fourth place and probably aren't going to get it. They could say the same. Like they drop points to crap at home and add injuries. Every team, apart from one or two, could say if we'd have had X, Y, and Z, we'd have you know been better than A, B, and C. It's just one of them years. Yeah, certainly. But with that in mind, there's still like a lot to play for, like you said. So going into this game, what's the what's the sort of game plan to be? I think we touched on Owen touched on this in the extra time last for the last game that Villa aren't necessarily going to sit deep and play sort of park the bus football. So could that help us a little bit? Yeah, loads. We're we're struggling against the low block, you know, spoil the game type teams because that's what we want to be most of the time, and we're not as good at it. You know, like when when we tried to shit out Burnley and the. They just out yeah, turned into Brazil, but um, yeah, we any team that get you know plays a higher line and wants to you know have a, more of a go at us, that will be better for us because it'll give you know some of our better players space to operate in. You don't want um, Hammers, you know, having to come and collect the ball um, off the centre backs constantly. You want them to be up the pitch and have players running into space. So uh, if, if Villa attack us, that's better for us. Yeah, I'm quite confident that we can defend relatively well against most teams in this league. It's 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 us crafting the chances that I sometimes worry about. Yeah, exactly. But as Terry said, Villa are going to come at us because what have they really got to gain by sitting deep and being conservative? Any prayer they've got of finishing above us, getting into the European hunt themselves, they're going to need to come here and take the three points, aren't they? They need to beat us in both games, otherwise they're not going to finish above us. Really, I wouldn't think you wouldn't think so anyway. I wouldn't think they, so. No, they, they come here and they just scrap for a point, then basically just settling for eighth place. And maybe they'll be happy with that, considering where they were this time last year. 
whatever happens with them, they've had an absolutely cracking season where they've gone forwards. And fair play to Dean Smith. I thought he'd be one of the first managers for the chop this season, but I think he's in for, in for the shout manager of the year. He probably won't get it, but he deserves to be in the top three or four, considering well, he's done brilliantly. They're not yeah, a bad look, team. Yeah, look how many league places they've jumped up. The, last year, they survived on deadlock. On, um, yeah, 17th last season. Yeah, it, it went down to the last day, whereas this season, the look comfortable in the top half. There's not many teams that manage that, is there? So, fair play to them. But if they want to push on and maybe go for a little bit more, look to finish seventh and be in the conversation for Europe, then they're going to need to come here and win, take the initiative against us, and we're allowed to sit in and be bitty and scrappy when we have to be on the front foot and the pressure's on us to get the result. And that's where we come unstuck, isn't it? And with that in mind, we'll finish up here. Predictions, Paul. Um, I'll go for a scrappy one nil. Um, I think we can keep a clean sheet against these, but I think it will be a very tight game. But maybe the likes of Hammers might just be the difference maker. I can see a player like Hammers or maybe Calvert Lewin will break his goal scoring duck. Um, or not, not as tough, but um, get his first goal in a while. I can just see a goal from maybe a set piece or, or an early one from a defensive mistake. Just a goal that's not easy on the eye type thing. It's just a, a bounce in off the line and a very Everton goal. Like and then Everton, yeah, very Everton goal. And then similar to what we had against Chelsea earlier on the season, where maybe they just were under siege for the last 10, 15 minutes, but we probably just hang on. So I can see a 1 0, a three points, a, a close victory. Uh, Terry, your prediction? 2-1 two, two, Everton. Um, probably score two goals and then concede one and be sweating our asses yeah. off for the last five minutes. Yeah, probably, you, you know, it'll probably be like the Fulham game or something. Like, you know you know that's coming, don't you? If, if we are winning the game with 10 minutes left, it's going to be absolutely awful as watching as a fan. You're going to be biting your nails down to the middle. That's it. It's been that all season, mate, honestly. It's- like we'll, we'll go two 0 We'll probably play some great stuff for the first half, and then like the second half, we'll come out and like just basically fall asleep, let them have everything their own way, and then make life a nightmare for for ourselves. Fail the five minute test, as you two say. Oh, the five minute test, and I'm like, it's so legit though. What's your prediction, mate? I've gone for one 0 Terry's gone for a two one. I was good. I'm gonna say the same as Terry. I'm going two one, and. I think it'll be the very same as how Terry panned out. Basically, it'll be we'll go probably go two up, let them back in it, and make life a nightmare for us because it's it's the only way Everton know how to win games. Let's be honest. When's the last time you throw the thoroughly enjoyed an Everton win? Let's be honest. Uh, probably yeah. Brighton. Yeah, Brighton. Everyone says Brighton. Right. Even looking back now, the Derby results. I, I was I watched that game like the extended highlights of that game uh, the other day just to cheer myself up and to remind myself that we actually did win an Anfield once. I, 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 on the night we were so anxious because it was so, it was going to be such a massive result for the club and for the fan base. But when you looked back at it, I was thinking to myself, you know what? Even if we hadn't got that second goal, the penalty. If you were a neutral watching that game, you'd think to yourself, "There's no way Everton are going to concede here." Yeah, Liverpool was so bad in that game. So there are times when. Everton, if Everton fans, when you're watching a game, the results doesn't look as, as in doubt as we all think it is in our mind. It's just well, I think, I think it's just Everton anxiety, especially after yeah. I was there at that Newcastle game for the two all. So, you know, I never gets any worse than that, Jesus. 
Yeah, that was the second to last game. I think I went to the last. That was the last game I went to before pandemic. So I've got to get back soon to try and erase that from my mind. I I can't wait. I can't wait. You know, just just to finish on this note, I watched the the cup final with Spurs and um, City, and oh my god, it actually felt like watching a proper football match again. Oh, it's great. I thought being in a big stadium like that and there only being a couple thousand fans there, it wouldn't really make much of a difference, but it made all the difference in the world. You could hear the fans and I think they were clever, the organisers, and congregating all the supporters in one section each. So the, it actually looked like there was a lot of fans behind the goal. The noise was incredible and I just thought, you know what, that's what that's football, that. I can't wait till I'm back in the stadium. Yeah, it'd be great to get the fans back in the ground, I guess, so... You know, let's get right on to it anyway. The Villa game's coming up on Saturday night. Everton versus Aston Villa. But for you podcast listeners, of course, we are going to finish up with the classic quiz, the Match Day Squad quiz. McAllister versus McAllister, Paul versus Terry. Let's get right into it. I'll go with Paul for this one for the coin toss. We'll um, get Paul to the side, heads or tails, Paul. You're up, mate. Uh, tails, please. And it's heads, mate. <laughs> uh, so, right on to you there, Terry. You get to pick first or second. Do you want to go? I'll go second, please. Terry will go second. So, Paul, you're up first, mate. Time to reveal the fixture in question. Cue the intense quiz music. Here we go. Um, Time to reveal the fixture. And, of course, as we're looking ahead to a game against Aston Villa, we're looking back to another home fixture against Aston Villa. Everton versus Aston Villa, 2014-15 season. Everton 3, Aston Villa nil. You're up first, Paul. Um. I don't even remember the score to this. Um, 3-0. 3-0. Uh, 14-15, did you say? Um, 14-15 season. Home game in the Premier League. You know what? I've just admitted I don't remember the game, so I'm just going to play it as safe as I possibly can. Say Tim Howard. Yeah, Tim Howard played. Straight in there. Daddy? Uh, the man of the hour, Ross the Rat, Barkley. Yeah, Ross the Rat played 66 minutes from the start. Um, Stephen Naismith. Yep, Stephen Naismith played 87 minutes, start of the game. Romelu Lukaku. Yep, Romelu Lukaku. Started, played the full, played about 90 minutes, was subbed off in added time and scored one of the goals. Oh, I think I do remember this game now. I think that was Lukaku's first game, first goal at Goodison since we signed him permanently. It was earlier on in the season. Um, Leighton Baines? Yeah, Leighton Baines played the full game. Gareth Barry? Gareth Barry played the full game. Um... Trying to think, um, Aiden McGeezy. Aiden McGeezy was an unused substitute, so wow. that means Teddy gets his win. Teddy gets the W, but still plenty of players to get through. To be fair, we've got the three huge subs still to get. 
And we've also got one, two, three, five outfield starters. Uh, Seamus Coleman. Seamus Coleman played the full game and got their goal. Um, was this around the time he fell out with Distan? Was did Distan drop out the sides by this point, or was he still there? Or it was, I remember it was early on in the season. Then Distan. You have to guess, mate. There's no clues. No clues in No, it's over now. Quiz is over. He's got a point, like, and for your information, Sylvan Distan had already probably done Martinez's head in by this point. So he was out the side. So would it have been John Stones? No, there was no John Stones at all in the squad. Oh, I mean, I can't even bring myself to say this fellow's name then. Is it the Paraguayan? It okay. was the Paraguayan. The Paraguayan. I can't say <laughs> that fellow's name, seriously. Um, you know, for anyone listening at home who's wondering who it is, it's Anthony Alcaraz, of course. The man, the myth, the legend. Roberto Martinez's window cleaner. <laughs> who have we got? We've got Howard Coleman... We had Jackie Elka. We haven't had Jackie Elka yet, and he was the other centre back, and he actually scored the opening goal. Um, James McCarthy. I don't think he got injured yet because he got injured at Wolfsburg, didn't he? Yeah, James James McCarthy played the full game, so that leaves you with one more starter and then the three subs to get. Would have been a wide player then, won't it? Yeah, we've got the back four. We've got the Barry McCarthy. We've got Barkley Lukaku. We've had Nate Smith, so was it Pienaar? Stephen Pienaar was the used sub. He came on for Ross Barkley in the 66th minute. So he was, was one it? of the used subs. Was it Christian Atsu? It wasn't Christian Atsu. Was it Leon Osman? It was Leon Osman who was the final starter. So yeah, you've Leon got Osman. all of the Leon Osman was playing out wide. Yeah, Osman was playing off the left by the looks of it. That's Martinez all over that, isn't it? Um, yeah. Who else? So we, what, there's how many players on the bench that we get? You've got one of the used subs in Stephen Pienaar and then there's two more to get. Joel Robles will have been the goalkeeper. Um, oh, no, Joel Robles was unused, but I mean the two subs who came on. Oh, the two subs who came on. Um, Kone? Is he fit by this point? No Kone. I know. Um, one of the few games he managed to play for us, um, Samuel Eto'o. It was Samuel Letty who came on for Steve Naismith in the 87th minute. Samuel Letty and Kevin Morales. No Kevin Morales in the squad at all, yeah. So who would have been that third sub then? Was it Oviedo? Had Oviedo got over his leg play? Uh, no, it wasn't Oviedo. Hmm. I'm just trying to picture that kit because that was a lovely kit we had that season, the home shirt. I'm just trying to picture, remember what players do I remember wearing that kit? Wasn't Tony the Shoe, was it? Tony the Shoe? Hibbert. It wasn't. Hibbert was an unused sub. Hmm. Um, two subs. We had, we had Etu and we had. Um, yeah. Who was the other one? The other used sub? Pina. Pina. So I think it probably would have been a was it a defender? The other sub came. It was a midfielder. The Bezic? No. Who else was knocking about around that time? Even I was gonna more. say I was gonna say Luke Garbett, but no. 
Was it Gibson? It was Darren Gibson. He came on. He came on in the 92nd minute to replace Romelu Lukaku. And was out of breath by the 93rd minute, probably. Oh, but yeah, today you have it. There's your team. It was Howard Coleman, Alcaraz, Jaggy Alka, Baines, McCarthy, Barry, Naismith, Barkley, Osman, Lukaku. The used subs were Pinar, Eto, and Darren Gibson. And the unused subs were Joel Robles, Tony Ibbett, Aidan McGeady, and Mo Besic. I miss that. I miss Gareth Barry so much, you know. He's he's finished playing now, hasn't he? And I saw him on TV a couple of months ago. I think he did something for BT, didn't he? But I'd love for the club to bring him back in some capacity if he was willing to do it. Finish up anyway. Terry gets his win in the quiz. Terry gets to pick us a song to finish. I'm going to go with Fleetwood Mac, The Chain. Love it. Absolutely love it. Because I was listening to the Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 soundtracks, and it's on one of them, and it's a great song. Yeah, it's an absolute belter of a song. So, yeah, definitely getting my seal of approval there. I'll have to make sure Teddy wins the quiz every week now if he's going to pick bangers like this. Best on to that. I've, I've, I've done all the, um, the 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 metal and rock hits now, and I'm going on to the likes of the Mac. Yeah, that sounds, yeah. Well, I'll have to just pull up here Luigi Kalina and rig every uh, quiz from now on. <laughs> there we go we'll leave it at that finish with the chain by Fleetwood Mac Kersey of Terry thank you guys for tuning in on the Toffee Blues and we'll see you next time Hello.